0: May I have the envelope, envelope, please? please. And the splendid splendid blowhole goes to...
1: Well, they said it couldn't be done, and yet, here we are, the Splendid Bohemians, one more time, presenting you with the finest fare in cultural entertainment. Today, we're going to discuss the uh, origins... Splendid Boho! Well, the Splendid Boho is is, is, is now an iconic figure in film lore, as we present an award to a character actor... Or in this case, more than one character actor who enhanced the meaning and the definition of a film by the very presence they conducted within that particular project. And we are going to the Bronx today. We're going to the Bronx, New York. Hello, I'm Bert Lancaster, back visiting my old hometown, New York City. This is the neighborhood of 187th Street and Arthur Avenue in the Bronx, not far from where I was born. It hasn't changed much. It's still a busy, crowded place of many racial strains, neither rich nor poor. New York is just a huge collection of neighborhoods, people working, worshipping, enjoying their hard-won leisure or trying to. Recognize that fellow? His name is Monty. Never heard of him, hmm? Well, you will. We're going to meet with Patty Chayefsky. We're going to meet with Ernie Borgnine. We're going to meet with the late, great Frank Sutton and the late, great Joe Mantell. What do you think of that, Bill?
0: And what do you want to do tonight, Richie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not a far cry from exactly how we used to conduct ourselves when we were roommates in uh, around 75. What do you want to do it tonight, Bill? Why do you why do you wanna you wanna get let's go to the dance hall. Let's let's pick up a couple of broads.
0: Well we inevitably would do is pick up our guitar.
1: We would pick up our guitars, exactly. That is how we spent our time. But the film that we are referencing is Marty and
0: uh, Nineteen fifty five, United Artists. Wow. Directed by Delbert Mann. Delbert. his directorial debut.
1: And for, it's not just the fact that this is a debut, but it's the fact that this is a debut with such heart, soul, and conducted in such a, a manner that you had not seen this film.
0: Yes, I can't believe that I had not seen it. Which, by the way, was produced by Bert Lancaster.
1: Yes, Bert Lancaster.
0: Well, that's an interesting connection right there. Um, so... I had seen at least part of the TV uh, Philco Goodyear TV Playhouse version with Rod Steiger, uh, who declined to reprise the role, which is interesting. That's how Pork Nine got it.
1: Now Steiger had had he done on the waterfront yet? Um, Fifty
0: three. Not sure. No, he had not done On the Waterfront yet.
1: Okay. So Steiger was up and coming, but certainly did not feel compelled to enter film uh, as a uh, as As, as, as a lead? Well, that's it, odd. It is odd. It, it, it's interesting, but Steiger was an interesting cat. Uh, he made a lot of interesting choices throughout his career. Uh, the Pawnbroker not being the least of them after being told
0: great, great, great role. It's a great great role, but
1: but one that very few felt that he could pull off. But he, he was definitely a fine actor. Borgnun uh he was kind of an unknown factor at that particular point. He oh
0: had, yeah. And you know, I don't think he ever I can't recall a a lead that he ever played after that either.
1: Well, we we he
0: except co- for McHale's Navy.
1: Well, he co-starred with Lee Marvin in Emperor of the North Pole. He was the co-star um, as the uh, as the cruel train watchman, making sure. Yeah, he got
0: into this thing of playing these fuggish characters. But Peck. Marty is so sensitive and vulnerable and is deeply soulful.
1: Yeah. You know, completely the opposite of Peckinpah's vision of him in The Wild Bunch. Or uh, the uh, character up, up against Spencer Tracy in Bad Day at Black Rock. He went on to to conduct these very uh, demonic, almost demonic roles.
0: Uh, well, you know, he lived, he lived quite a long time, into his 90s. And um, when he was asked um, what? Was the secret of his longevity. He said, I masturbate all the time.
1: <laughs> well, if you were married to Ethel Merman, what else would you do? <laughs> let's let's face facts. I mean, come on. Come on. A more sensual woman there never was. But uh, what makes. Well, yeah, him- but
0: going back to the film, uh, Nancy Marchand from Sopranos um, was originally slated to play Clara, but Gene Kelly, Betsy Blair's husband, uh, sort of lobbied for her, and um so it's interesting how all the um the actors got switched around for this film, but it, as you say it uh, it won best film, best actor, best director, and best screenplay
1: and interesting in that uh the female lead uh Betsy Blair, did not go on to. Uh, a career of any distinction and right. had more of a uh, political inclination and uh, uh, she had other things that she wanted to devote herself to. But the thing that s- makes this film even more complete and I don't think could exist as a masterpiece as it is is uh, has to do with two gentlemen who we know from basically from television. One is Frank Sutton, who portrayed Ralph, a friend of Marty's in the film, who's always attempting to set him up with women. Um, and of course, you know Frank Sutton as uh, Sergeant Carter from Gomer Power. Sergeant Carter. Sergeant Carter. All right, I'll give you guys exactly 15 minutes. What's this? Come on, who let that shoe out in the middle of the deck?
0: Could they mind, Sergeant? What size is it? <laughs> what size is it?
1: Pyle, when? When are you going to get your head out of a locker and shape up and be a Marine? I've been lenient with you, Pyle. I've been very lenient. But I'm only human. I'm not made out of steel. And that iconic character that he became uh. he became identified with forever uh, leading him into the dinner theater realm which is where I uh, made his acquaintance. Very interesting I confused two dinner theater pieces he did. He did The Odd Couple and he did Love, L-U-V
0: Right, and so when we were discussing Frank Sutton you were saying well you had seen his last performance which was the odd couple and i had to correct you that he died while he was doing the run of love in 1974
1: yes he died june 28th 1974 at the age in shreveport
0: louisiana
1: at the age of 50 at the age of 50 too
0: young Uh, and uh, the beverly barn dinner theater
1: the beverly barn dinner theater correct um he of course uh, made the TV rounds, as so many actors of that nature did during that period of time. Um, the Fugitive, The Goldbergs, Gunsmoke, The Corruptors, Twilight Zone, of course, and The Untouchables, to name a few. Uh, yeah,
0: he was. A, he was. This is. Just let me go back a, a just a step and say, okay. So usually we. Pick an actor to um, to give the splendid boho to, but it was when I saw the film, and as you mentioned, I hadn't seen it previously. And when I saw the film, because you had originally said Joe Mantel, Mantel and when I saw the film, I said, "Well, it's you got to share it. It's got to be both those guys because they're almost like uh, these um, the Greek chorus, you know." where they they come around and they're constantly, you get two sides of the coin, uh, you know, enacting upon um, Marty. And Frank Sutton gives a remarkable performance. He reminded me of Benicio del Toro, you know, where he kind of slurs all his words and he's got this leering, uh, perverse look on his face all the time. It's really quite, uh, risky and and strong performance. Hi,
1: Ralph. Hello, Leo. Hi, I'm Marty. Hey, Marty, come in a minute. Hey, Marty, we got an odd squirrel. You interested? What do you mean, Ralph? Hey, Louise, I want you to meet Marty Paletti. Marty, that's Louise Kelly in the back there. Hiya. What are we going to do? Just sit around here all night? Listen, Marty. These are squirrels and nurses. Money in the bank, man i go going to Leo's house later because nobody there. These are the girls I told you about. Want to get in the car? It's pretty nice looking down. I'm with a girl, Ralph. Get rid of her. This is money in the bank. I can't do that because somebody already brushed burst her off once tonight. This is a good deal here, Marty. But I, I, I recall being drawn to Joe Mantell. From the first time I ever saw him. Uh,
0: He's the sand sack.
1: And he did a Twilight Zone episode. I know you, Jackie Rhodes, you ain't no killer. But you got to kill tonight. Kill or be killed. So you do the job and you're dead anyway. Because you know you never got away with anything. You live till tomorrow and that's how it ends. Wherein uh, he's he's this frail small man whose career was pretty well conducted up until Chinatown uh, as that character the you know the the small nothing uh, yes right who was considered uh, meaningless upon the planet and was uh, beaten down by mobsters and ignored by women and uh, children. Um, The thing about Mantell... Uh, He was
0: nominated for Best Supporting Actor. This was the highlight early on in his career. This is a man who lived 94 years to 2010.
1: And you would suspect that his success in Marty and the... Iconic words, what do you want to do tonight, Marty? That refrain that he repeats to, uh, to Marty constantly as these two men uh, live out their bachelorhoods uh, in the Bronx, talking about going to dance halls and what they want to do with their Saturday nights. Marty the Butcher. Oh, well,
0: what do you feel like doing
1: tonight? I don't know, Angie. What do you feel like doing? We're back to that, huh? I say to you, what do you feel like doing tonight? And you say back to me, I don't know what you feel like doing tonight. Then we wind up sitting around your house with a couple of cans of beer watching a hip parade on television. But Mantell returns in Chinatown with a... (laughs)
0: Another iconic line. With
1: another iconic line, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown.
0: Forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown.
1: You talk about... Having the ability to, to recite two immortal pieces of uh, dialogue uh, in your career, you're fortunate to get anything that comes close to what Robert Town wrote for Chinatown or what Patty Chayefsky wrote for Marty. What an amazing time to have been an actor of that nature and have those opportunities where the dialogue that you're given is uh, cannot be conquered even by the leads in the film. Amazing stuff. Amazing writers. Amazing time to be making motion pictures. So yes, we are giving the splendid boho to both Mr. Frank Sutton and Mr. Joe Mantel. The first time we are doing this as a, uh, as a doubleheader. So there you have it. Frank Sutton and Joe Mantell, The motion picture is Marty. If you have never seen Marty from 1955, uh, put together the four bucks and uh, it's available for rental and quite often if you are a subscriber to Turner Classic Movies, it is a regular feature film on Turner Classic Movies. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we hope that this, this selection... Has met with a positive verdict, and that Marty will be a motion picture that you will uh, that you will be able to enjoy, identify with if you are not familiar with it, and if you are familiar with it, watch it again. It's worth every single moment. Our thanks to uh, Mr. Frank Sutton, to Mr. Joe Mantell, and of course Mr. Patty Chayefsky, the great, great, great screenwriter, Delbert Mann, the great director, and Ernest Borgnine who lives on in my memory as one of the great, great actors of all time. A lifetime of work and a uh, wonderful marriage to Ethel Merman, during which Bill informed us his greatest pleasure was masturbation. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. Thank you so very much. And so the Splendid Bohemians bid you farewell for another episode of And the Splendid Boho Goes to... uh, so you just keep on uh, get, grab yourself some popcorn, uh, get the family together, and find yourself a motion picture everybody can enjoy, because it makes life better. Movies make life better, art makes life better. Everything makes life better. Bill, <laughs> I'm going away now. I'm fading off into the distance. Yeah. Thank- I love you. I love you. We'll talk soon. Bye bye. Yeah.